Hey, well, let's open up our Bibles to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. If you brought a copy of the scriptures, if you didn't, no worries. We always put the verses up on the screen for you. Um, we also want to greet those at every Fresh Life location, those at church online, those watching on the internet after the fact. We're glad you're here. Come on, help me say hello. There we go. So good. You know, it's Halloween time, and I thought I'd put a little message together um, because uh, that, that usually goes really well with, uh, with church folk. They love themselves some Halloween. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, when I grew up, uh, Halloween was like a, a taboo word. Like, we knew better than to even ask our parents to go trick-or-treating. They didn't want us to get razor blades in our mouth or poison from all the poison. You know, the, did you all that parent as well? Like, no, nah, no, nah, some sicko is going to put a razor blade in that candy, and uh, you're going you're gonna, to, maybe it happened one time somewhere, but that was just my parents, they, they, were, they were sure of it. Or, or it was just like a convenient way to keep us from having junk food, right? Because I, 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 was, I was raised in such a dis- disturbingly healthy home. Now I actually see the benefit of it, but back then it was just, I, I was oppressed. Um, they didn't want me to have the, they wanted me to have them lucky charms, that's for sure. And you know, my, my parents, here just to give you a picture of like my life as a kid, um, I was only allowed to order chocolate milk in the school cafeteria one day a year on my birthday. Uh, you, you, uh, you know, back then it was like, you want white or chocolate, you know, now, now there's probably like 50 options in that, you know, Coke machine that you can add like vanilla, raspberry souffle to your Coke, you know, it's like too many options, too many choices. I've you know, analysis paralysis. When I get in front of a machine like that, I don't really know. I, I really don't know. I don't know what to do with my cream soda. I just don't. Um, but uh, back then, it was white or chocolate, and um, my mom had told me you can only order chocolate milk on your birthday. Any other day, you can't. And I would always be like in my head, convinced at lunchtime, this is the day I'm going to do it. It's not my birthday, but I'm going to order chocolate milk. I'm going to do it. I'm going what, what, I'm a grown boy. I can do it. And. Uh, and I would be in line, and I would always get psyched out because I would see the lunch lady. And just, just before I would say chocolate, I would just be so sure my mom had got to her, and she was going to know. Like, nope, you can't. You can't. It's not your birthday. And so I would just be like, white milk, please. Tomorrow's another day, Levi. And shuffle off with my white milk of disgust. And so I was raised in a really healthy home, and we did not celebrate Halloween. I did not go trick-or-treating. We did not dress. We didn't even get to go to those lame church parties that churches love to throw, like hallelujah party, you know, like, which is like churches, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're new to church, we love to take something that's cool and, and give it a spiritual name and do a worse version of it than the world. That's our favorite thing that church folk love to do, okay? You know, it's a hallelujah night, harvest party. It's just, just the worst. And uh, so I wasn't even allowed to go to those. Like, no, that's honoring the devil, too, just with a different name. You, you're not going to fool me, my mom would say. And uh, this, is, this is a true story. This explains some of my issues. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a kid on Halloween, my mom would sit us down, and she would tell us that Halloween is a night where the devil is worshipped by druids. And the way they worship the devil is they sacrifice pets and children. They sacrifice, human and pet sacrifice. I was like six, you know? And it's like, no, human and pet sacrifices to the devil on this day. So we can't go trick-or-treating. We got to pray for all these cats and dogs and children that are somewhere being sacrificed. Now, maybe it happened. Maybe somewhere in time, some animal was sacrificed to the devil on Halloween. But all I know is I wasn't eating Butterfingers. I was praying for your pet to not get killed. But I hated it. And uh, so 
So no, I don't think uh, that if you, were, if you were raised in a real strict fundamentalist Christian background, you're super excited to see us honoring the devil by talking Halloween. But I actually do think that, that uh, Halloween is, um, is, is maybe a little bit more spiritual than some of us might give it credit. Um, you should see how uncomfortable some of you look. It's amazing. I just love this so much. Um, but maybe it's a more spiritual day than we've given it credit. Because it's a day where everyone walks around with masks on. It's a day where everyone, it's okay. Like I, I've, I've flown a couple years in a row on Halloween. I think I'm flying this year on Halloween. It's, people just fly around. I'm a vampire. I'm a, I'm a linebacker. No, you're not. You're a flight attendant. But it's okay. Today I can just wear this costume. I can just, I can be someone else. I, I can, I, 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 my wildest dreams. I've always wanted to be a nurse. I've always, I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted to be a, a, a Butterfinger, right? I've, I've always wanted to be a giant mustard bottle like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel guys you just see some of these costumes just like what but last night i was preaching to a tyrannosaurus rex in co- full costume while i'm preaching f- fourth row and every time i'll preach real good it was just tiny arms would be clapping <laughs> it was hard to keep going i'm trying to hear from the holy ghost it's just tiny tyrannosaurus Tyrannosaurus Rex. My God. Um, but, uh, you know, we have one day a year where everyone gets to, to wear a costume and pretend they're someone that they're not, and we do it on the outside. Why do I say it's the most honest day of the year, maybe more spiritual day of the year? Because the other 364 days a year, we wear a mask on the inside. I'm to preach a message to you from Luke's gospel that I'm calling Mask On, Mask Off. I'm channeling my inner karate kid, right? Mask on mask off. Come on, say it with me. Mask on, mask off. Luke chapter 12, what do we find here in this passage? We find Jesus, uh, who has just had interaction after interaction with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a group of super religious people, crazy religious people, who made it their entire goal in life to not get any cooties on them from the icky world. They were not letting their kids go trick-or-treating, right? The Pharisees literally had outfits they wore to brag about how spiritual they were. They had, you know Elvis, when he'd do his like, thing and the tassels were all hanging off of him, right? Uh, they had tassels on their clothes, one for every one of the laws from the Old Testament. You're like, oh, so they had ten tassels. No, they went through the entire Old Testament, found anything that possibly was a law. Don't eat shellfish. I'm getting a tassel for that. And every law that they said they kept, they put a tassel on their garments. And Jesus said of these guys, he, Jesus is like one of his favorite things in the entire world was to make fun of the Pharisees, okay? So they would walk around. He said, you guys walk around swinging your tassels around, right? I'm too sexy for this world, right? Like he, and he, he's just like, was like, that is not okay. Like that they were just all about what they were doing for God. That's, that's not what God in, intended. That's towers that reach to the sky. That's, that's us trying to be perfect. That's us trying to, to basically be God. We don't need help if we are that holy. And so uh, Jesus was constantly clashing with them, constantly clashing with them. And if you know the gospel, you know it was the Pharisees who were the ringleaders and Jesus being put to death. It was religious people that killed God. And uh, so here we have uh, Jesus kind of speaking to his disciples about the danger of the Pharisees and their religious mask. All right, Luke chapter 12, verse 1, it says, By this time the crowd, unwieldy and stepping on each other's toes, 
numbered into the thousands. But Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with Pharisee yeast, Pharisee phoniness. I love that. You see, because some of the best parts about the disciples were their rough edges. We like to make fun of Peter. Oh, Peter putting his foot in his mouth. I think Jesus picked Peter because he, he knew he was that way. He knew he was bull. He was just going to sit with Peter. He was like, what you see is what you get, man. Jesus liked that. He, what do you expect? He didn't go to a seminary. He went to uh, the, the, the Sea of Galilee and got a sailor. He got a fisherman. So he knew exactly what he was after. I, I, I talked to some people like, oh, man, I'm not, I, 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 don't, I don't know much about it. I can't be qualified. I can't pray or I can't whatever. I'm like, that's exactly what God wants. Once you get around religion a little bit, you get good at it. You get slick at it. And no, it doesn't count anymore. Uh, some of my favorite conversations are with, with new Christians, new people new to the faith journey or still kind of figuring out what the faith journey looks like who, who don't know yet uh, to, to not be like, Jesus is the... And, and they'll just be like, cousin, like, that's awesome. I just love that so much. I love the rawness of it. That's, that, that, I think that blesses God's heart much more than a religious act that we can put on. Don't get contaminated. He's saying, don't become professionals at this, guys. Don't get contaminated by the yeast of the Pharisees and, and them basically putting on other people huge lists of, of laws to fulfill, fulfill that they themselves don't even fulfill. He said they're whitewashed tombs. They're graves that have been painted over. They look great, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. Don't get good at this. Thomas, don't stop doubting. It's, it's, it's your strength, man. Like, like it, it, Where would we be if Thomas wasn't a doubter? There's times when Jesus was saying stuff. He's like, you know the way I go, and you know how I'm going to get there. And all the disciples were trying to like impress Jesus. They're like, mm, nodding deeply. And Thomas raised his hand. He's like, yeah, um, we have no idea where you're going, and we have no idea how you're going to get there, just so we're clear. And Jesus looks at the rest of the disciples, and they're like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> But that led Jesus to go, oh, you don't understand? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Who's thankful that Thomas doubted now? If he hadn't doubted, where would, where would we be? All right? So don't become slick. Don't become professionals. Let it stay raw. Let it stay new. Let it stay special. Let it stay passionate. Don't get used to this. Stay on your tiptoes. Don't, don't let the Pharisees contaminate you with their phoniness. It's a mask, he was saying, right? You're like, I don't really see that in the text. Where's Halloween in all of this, Levi? Verse 2. You can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day's coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful this week to have this moment in time. Just set aside to listen to you, to look at your word. And for some of us, God, who have been doing this for a while, following you, we just need to, we need to go back to the beginning, do the first things when it was special, when it was new, when we hadn't seen this stuff before. Lord, forgive us for the way that we've become formal and mechanical and professional at it. And God, I pray that you would just speak something special to our hearts just for what we need right now. And I pray that if, if, if even one of us here today is hurting, is empty and lonely and sad, feels like they're without God, without hope in this world, I pray you draw them to yourself through your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for the grace you've given us on the journey, that you haven't left us orphans, that you've come to us through your Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said together.
So my theory is that all year long we wear masks within, and just on Halloween we choose to let the mask shine out. You're probably thinking, well, what kind of masks are you talking about? Well, Jesus here is, is talking about a religious mask, the mask that says, here's how holy I am. Here's how many Bible verses I've memorized. Here's what I've done for God. It could be church attendance. It could be how much you give to the poor. It could be any of those humanitarian things that are great in and of themselves. But other, if they're not met on the inside by a reality, they just become a mask you're hiding behind. But that is by no means the only mask that we wear. I think we have a whole lot of masks. I think some of us, we like to slip into the mask called success. I have it all together. This is the mask that we put on that says, look at my accomplishments. This might be a mask that says, I have it all. This might be, be a mask that says, I know it all. Right? How many of you struggle with that mask? You know, the, you're not going to raise your hand up at that. But, <laughs> but this is the mask that, that you cannot let it go by when someone says something that you know is not completely factual. You know, it could be this, the most casual setting. And someone brings up, oh, man, I had the best trip to England, and I got to go see the Tower of London. And you're like, nah. Tower of London is actually in Arizona. I think you mean the Tower Bridge. And everyone's like, you're a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> but we hide behind our mask of how smart we are, that we know it all, and, and we have it all. We throw around our money. We put this mask on like we got it all together. And uh, it's, it's so easy to slip into this mask of, of phoniness, of how happy we are because of how much we have, our perfect little life, our perfect little job. Oh, man, our GPA. We hide behind the mask of our success because we think it gives us the value that we're craving. But that's not the only mask that we wear. Some of us, we put on the mask called hero. We slip into our mask called hero so we can swoop in and save the day. We are strong. We are brave. We are defender. My, let me fix that for you. Let me do that for you. Let me just take care of that for you. There's never been a problem we can't solve. There's never been a struggle we can't figure out. We are hero. And we hide behind this veneer of our strength and our need to rescue everybody, and our need to take care of what ails people. And it's easy to hide behind the mask of hero. But that's not the only mask that we hide behind, some of us. We also, I know for sure this is a mask that I struggle with, we, we wear the clone mask. This is where we need to look like everybody Else. This is where we need to dress like everybody else. I remember in middle school, man, the clone mask struck me hard in middle school. You see, I uh, changed schools and changed states, and all of a sudden I, end my, I ended up in this situation where I wanted to fit in with this cool group of kids. And the cool group of kids in my middle school were the skaters. And so I found my way into a Nirvana t-shirt. And I figured out that back then the, the skaters wore their backpacks with two straps on, 
all the preppy kids wore the backpacks with one strap on with their polo collar popped. And the, the skaters, they wore, they wore their, their, their backpacks with just, well, I started wearing my backpack with two straps. And I, I, I got some baggy Jinko jeans and big old pockets. And, and I got some, um, some simple shoes, some skateboard shoes. I got some Etnies. I, I, I got the skateboard and the, the whole setup, and I was a skater now. I was, I was the, the clone of these kids that I wanted to think that I was cool. Only they were actually skateboarders, some of them. And so their, their shoes, I noticed, were all scuffed up from all the ollies and kickflips that they were pulling. And so I went to the garage, and I got some sandpaper, and I sandpapered. <laughs> don't judge my journey. You don't know what I've been through. And so I sandpapered my shoes because I couldn't have shoes that, that were all brand new because then I would be found out as the poser that I knew on the inside that I was. Luckily, I've grown up now, and I no longer want to be like everybody else, except my theory is we've never really left. Some of us have never really left junior high. And we, the, the, the dollar prices might have just gotten bigger, but we, we, trade, we trade scuffed up shoes for a bigger boat and a, and a bigger house. And, and how successful we are at work. Why, why is it when two men meet, the only thing they want to know is, what do you do? We're sizing each other up. Who, who pounds their chest? We, we, we want to be cloned. We want to be better. We want to one up. So many of us, we hide behind the mask of, of the clone. I just got to be like everyone else. Or might not, you might be so, like, so appalled by the materialism here. We could wear the Clone Wars by driving a hybrid. We could wear the Clone Wars by being stinkier and eating more granola. We could, we, my Birkenstocks are more organic than your Birkenstocks. Like, I have a smaller carbon footprint than you have. We, we, the names change, but there's nothing new under the sun. A clone is a clone is a clone is a clone. And so we struggle with the clone mass, just being what, like what we deem everyone else to have considered to be cool. Or how about this one? Anybody have any deal with this mask? This is the everything is fine mask. <laughs> this, this mask says everything is fine. And it doesn't matter how much I'm hurting. And it doesn't matter how much things are not fine. This is the mask that refuses to admit any sort of discomfort and just says, everything's fine. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool, even though I'm crying underneath the smiley face mask. Everything is awesome. This is the mask that refuses to admit that you're going through stuff. This is the mask that is just quick to brush away emotions because everything is fine. We just bottle stuff up. We bottle stuff up. We hide stuff on the inside, but we put the mask on. We love to do this in church. How you doing? Great. Blessed. Highly favored of the Lord. What does that even mean? <laughs> that was the Virgin Mary, okay? You're, <laughs> you're probably not highly favored. Don't greet people like that. Just to be willing to be like, things are terrible. Things are hard right now. God's good. I believe that, but I'm hurting right now. Stuff's not, Right? Everything, everything is, is fine mask is one that we sometimes put on. Or how about this one? I know for sure I've worn this mask. This one's hard to get on, though. This mask. <laughs> is my scary mask. This is the fear mask. This is the scream mask. This is the mask that we put on when we sense someone's getting too close for comfort. And now we need to push them away. 
I remember when Jenny and I first started, I'm suffocating a little bit in this mask. This is the, this is the mask that when Jenny and I first started dating, I tried so hard to get her affection, to get her attention. But then once I got it, I started to panic a little bit, and I started to distance myself from her a little bit. I started to cool the jets and hit the brakes, and, and it wasn't any honesty of just, I'm just a little bit scared maybe of this intimacy. I'm just a little bit scared of this and, and options and all, all of that, and, and it's just getting serious. And, and, and so instead of that, I just began to try and scare her away a little bit just with a little bit of a frosty silence, just a little bit of an edge, just a little bit of more passive in, in communication. And she, she, man, she called me out on it. She just called me straight out on it. If, if you don't want to be with me, then don't be with me. But it was what I was doing is I, I was just immaturely trying to scare her away. Why? So many of us try and scare people away because we're scared. We're the ones who are afraid, so we put on a mask that will hopefully scare them off. Or how about this mask? This is my uh, mask that I'm calling sex appeal. <laughs> sex appeal. Sex appeal. This is... Wait, how do, how do women always take their weird pictures? It's always so funny to watch, like, four girls take a photo. It's like a contest to out-hip each other. No, this is natural. It's how I always stand. It's like, What? Revealing tops and shorter skirts. And, and this, is, this is the mask that's craving attention. Just craving, begging. Oh, you're, you're so beautiful. You're so hot. Yeah, yeah, look at so much I, I want to show you. This is the mask that, that, that men put on too. But it's not, instead of breasts, it's biceps. It's how strong I am. It's, 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 we're, we're craving that attention. We're, we're craving um, that, that validation. We're craving that approval that will come from us putting on this, this mask and the attention that we're, we're hoping we will we'll get 50 shades of gray at a time. And um, it's not the only mask, though. Uh, we put on the mask. I know this one. This is, a stri- mask. I, this is my primary mask, actually. This is my full-time mask. This is the mask where I'll do anything for a laugh. Because let's be real, guys, what's funnier than a giant panda head? Am I right or am I right? Hey, yes, I'll be here all week, everybody. That was not nearly as funny as I thought it would be. Perhaps I need to dance. Well... The truth is that if you're an entertainer, it can be easy to, to put on a mask to need people to laugh, to need people to think you're funny, to crave the kind of validation. And, and for some of us, this has come about as a result of our insecurities. The class clown maybe is just actually the person who is, who is picked on, and they learn to develop a funny, tough shell to protect themselves from, from feeling weak and from feeling like they don't matter and it, be, it can be easy to, to have this, this gimmick uh, where you're, you're, you're getting everybody to laugh but really it's just to deflect attention away from you so that they don't, they don't see you. The mask of humor, the mask of entertaining but feeling just so lonely on the inside. People are laughing but, 
you just you just don't actually you don't actually want them to see who you who you really are. And I think the truth is that some of us we don't have one mask or even even two masks. We have a whole closet for our masks. Every mask suited for a particular situation. But sometimes it's hard to remember which mask we wear to what what day. Oh, it's oh gosh, it's it's right, it's church day. Okay, here's my got it all together mask. Oh, but I'm with oh it's, it's Friday night. It's, it, and now they're getting too close, and but everything's okay. But I'm actually hurting, and oh, and I, now I need and and we end up just confused. Yeah, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Yeah, because I'm touching my mask. The real question is, why do we wear these masks? Why do we resort to latex over our skin? I think at the end of the day, the real answer is we don't feel like we're enough. We've believed the lies. The lies that says this is beautiful. The lies that, that say this is what someone is who's successful. The lies that, that say you are how much you make or you are uh, what you've achieved. You are your GPA. You are your waist size. You are your followers on social media. It wasn't always this way. When we were kids, we could just laugh. When we were kids, we could just play. Uh, it, 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 there was a time when the measure of how tall you stood came from how far you could jump off the swings at recess. But at some point along the way, there was a hurt. At some point along the way, there was an embarrassment. At some point along the way, we had the startling realization that we weren't quite like the other kids in some way, or we didn't live up to the standards of our parents. So we feeling inadequate feeling like we weren't, we, weren't, we weren't enough in some way for the universe, we developed a phony exterior that we began to show people craving their love and craving their acceptance. We wear masks because we don't feel like we're worthy of love just as we are. But the danger of the mask and the reason I chose to preach this message to you is to be able to tell you this. When you put a mask on, you mask yourself off from God's blessing. That's my sermon in a sentence. When you put a mask on, you're masking yourself off from God's blessing. What do I mean by that? You know how when you paint stuff, first you got to mask off what you have to decide what do you not want paint on and what do you want paint on? And so you go into the room and you assess your environment. You say, I want paint on that wall, but I do not want paint on that, that light switch. I want paint on the ceiling, but I don't want paint on this, on this shelf. You decide what you want paint on, and then you mask everything else off. You only mask off what you don't want paint on. Now listen to me. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. You are unique. You are beautiful. You are, you are a work of art. You are God's poema. You are his masterpiece. So you as you were as a child, you as God intended you to be, is yourself naked and unmasked. But anything we do that's phony, anything we do that's a lie, anything we do that's not true to how God built us, that is a mask we're putting on ourselves 
And God is constantly, every day, every moment, seeking to shower you with grace, seeking you to, to cover you with favor, to coach you with his love, to give you his best and his blessings. He wants your cup to run over. He wants, he wants to anoint your head with oil, but his blessing can't get on what you've chosen to put a mask on. You mask yourself off from God's best when you put a mask on in your life. How does that work? Four quick ways. Take these down as they come. Number one, people can't know you if they don't love you. People can't love you if they don't know you. People can't love you. Isn't it so funny? We put a mask on because we want love. But what they're falling in love with isn't you. They're falling in love with your mask. They're falling in love with a superficial version of you that's been conjured up or bought at the store or a routine that you've memorized, a costume that you've carefully uh, curated. So what you're, you're doing is you're, you're getting them to fall in love with something that isn't even there. It's not even a, 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 a reality. And so it's not actually even love at all. But you would say, well, if I don't do this, they won't love me. Then I would tell this, they don't love you. And you, you don't deserve to, to, to have fake love and to have them fall in love with something that is not even true. Dishonesty and deception erode intimacy. Dishonesty and deception. True relationships are, are predicated upon that naked and unashamed, that open. And here, here I am, warts and all. Here I am. And, and this, is, this is me. And where there's any deception about yourself as you false advertise yourself to another person, it erodes the intimacy. Uh, I heard Don, Donald Miller say, he's an author, Donald Miller said that, um, that, that authenticity is the soil that intimacy grows in. So where you can be authentic and you can be transparent, that becomes the soil that intimacy can grow in. But deception, it erodes that intimacy. And so uh, God can't bless you like he wants to because he wants the relationships in your life to be fulfilling. He wants the relationships in your life to be a great source of joy and for that to be a pleasure and not an act and not a charade. Plus, second thing, jot this down. What you were to obtain you must wear to retain. What you wear to obtain, you must wear to retain. You see, the, the payoff for wearing a mask is more mask wearing. Because if you get the job with the mask, you'll have to wear the mask each day at work. If you get the relationship with the mask, you have to keep wearing the mask. There's an old saying, fake it till you make it. No, it's, it actually goes like this, fake it, and then you'll have to keep faking it. I was telling my sister about my message, and she reminded me of an episode of The Simpsons that we weren't supposed to watch as children, but we did. <laughs> and it went like this. Uh, Marge Simpson uh, found a Chanel dress at a secondhand store. It was a super beautiful dress, and they live a pretty simple life. And, um, and, and so this beautiful dress she decides to wear out one day, and some old friends of hers see her in this dress and assume she's more successful in, in the ways that they define success than she is. And so they invite her to the country club, and she's just swept off of her feet by this new life. But what she realizes is they don't actually love her. They, they love this vision of her that they think is her. And so she has to keep working to alter the dress and come up with new outfits out of it. And then one day the, de- the dress is destroyed, and she realized that it wasn't worth what she was having to do to keep the, the approval of these people that actually didn't care about her at all. And that is really the truth of, of, of mask wearing. It's exhausting. So number one, if you wear a mask, you're going to be lonely. 
because it's not going to be true love you're going to get. But number two, it's going to be exhausting to keep on remembering what, what the mask looked like when you wore it and then to keep getting it, it altered so it fits you over time. My friend, uh, Pastor Carl Lentz, he puts it this way, multi-masking is soul taxing. Keeping up with the, max, the, the masks that you wear. It, it's been put this way. It's an old poem. Uh, oh, what tangled webs we weave when at first we practice to deceive. Remembering the lies and sorting them out is honestly so much easier just to be truthful and to let the chips fall where they may. And so many of the masks are cyclical. And one mask leads to another mask leads to another mask. Take the, well, the, the junior high mask leads to uh, continually emulating those around you and trying to mimic to get the approval. But the hero mask, you know, psychologists have shown that when you uh, are a hero and you need a project of someone to rescue, that this perpetuates. Because oftentimes the hero will actually in time resent the rescuer for needing the rescue. Now, it was the very thing that she attracted him with, is that she was going to rescue him. But now she'll resent him for needing the rescuing, which will cause her, the hero, to oppress the, the, the victim and drive them further into the behavior that will cause them to need for the rescuing. And the cycle perpetuates, and then eventually one or both of them realize it's not working, and they'll look for other projects or other heroes. And so our payoff for wearing a mask is wonderful. You get to wear more masks. What you wear to obtain, you must wear to retain. Third thing, jot this down. Masks are not only lonely and exhausting, but they lead to us remaining wounded. You see, we started wearing the masks as a defense mechanism because of our wounds. But as we wear them, we remain wounded because, here we go, third point, we can't heal what you conceal. We, people in your life, can't heal what you conceal. Meaning, if, if you won't open up, you'll be held back. If you won't open up, you'll be held back. We in your life, the people around you, are meant to be a mechanism of healing for you. You would say, nope, not me, pal, guy, dude, purple hoodie, dude, fellow, right? You would say, oh, there was a long list of descriptors. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of what I was going to say, and I'm stalling. So, so here, here's what happens. You, you'll say, I... I get my healing from God. And I would say God wants to forgive you and God wants to cleanse you. But God actually intends for the job of healing to be done by his people. Going to need a verse for that. I got two. Uh, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But notice what James says as he adds on this thought. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Isn't it interesting that God doesn't intend, as you go to him, to give you everything you need to wholeness? You can be forgiven and cleansed from him, but then he intends for you to speak your maskless self to other people so that they then can encourage you, affirm you, speak life over you, and then pray to God for you for the healing that he could have just given you all along from him. But he intends for it to happen within community. 
I said it before this way. God didn't just send his son Jesus to die to bring you into right relationship with himself, but to bring you into right relationship with his people. And we then have the, 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 the call from God to be a community that doesn't flinch as we show each other maskless versions of ourselves. And we're tempted to, to judge and we're tempted to throw stones. Why? Because self-righteousness is the armor we wear who are experiencing self-loathing. And so we'll throw stones because of what we're actually dealing with on the inside. But this church must be, this church will be a place where we can deal with you without your mask, where you can say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm struggling with. It's hard. It's difficult. And you would say, well, where in the service do you have time for that? Because, my God, I got some stuff to unburden my soul with. We don't intend for that to happen in this moment. That's why we, we always say what happens here on a gathering like this can't change your life, but it can make you want to. You got to get into relationship. You got to get into small group. You got to get into community. We have these amazing things called Fresh Life Groups where just people position to ask those difficult questions, to pray for each other, to say, okay, that was a great message. That was a lot. Let's talk about that. Let's work that What's your mask? If you don't have someone in your life this week who's going to be saying, what's your mask? And how can I hold you accountable? And how can I love you? And how can I pray for you? If you don't have that kind of text message relationship with people who are positioned to be there for you, to move your life forward. This is just going to be a waste of time every week. We're going to hear this great thing, but we treat church like a podcast because, man, that message was great. Oh, that was a four goosebump message. But we don't have people in our life positioned to actually see it lead to lasting change. If we don't have that, then it doesn't matter. The mask will stay even though time will, will pass. But we can't heal what you conceal. There's a fourth and final danger, and it's a danger that we will end up depleted and debilitated. Not just lonely, and not just exhausted, and not just wounded, but debilitated and depleted. Why? Because God can't use who you wish you were. Think about it. God can't use who you wish you were. God can't use who you think he should have made you to be. And so that's why you act like other people. That's why you try and put on this facade. That's why you try and put on this veneer. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's one of our core values here at the church. If, if you uh, have been on our side or been around for a while, for sure, if you've been through Crash Course, you've, you've heard us talk about, like, what, what's our code or our core values? And you're like, why would a church need core values? Because oh, we're a cult, duh. Of course. I'm joking. I'm joking. Settle down. Um, we, but we have uh, what, what is so important to us that we believe are, are, are markers on our road to fulfilling our mission. Uh, just like a, a business would say, hey, what do we want to accomplish and what are the things that, we, that are important to us to get there? We've, we've said, hey, uh, what, what's our philosophy of ministry going to be like or what are our touchstones or our core values? And, and one of them is that we don't wear Saul's armor. Um, that's in our code. We don't wear Saul's armor. And the, the clarifier is to do things that no one's doing, uh, to reach people no one's reaching, we have to do things no one's doing. And at times, you look, may look around and go, man, I haven't seen another church do that before. That's, that's interesting. Well, we believe that we've been called to reach people no one's reaching. And to do that, we have to do things that no one's doing. And it comes from a story in the Bible where David went to go fight Goliath. And just before he did, he was stopped by a well-intentioned king who said, hey, if you're going to go fight that, that giant, which he, first of all, tried to talk him out of doing, he then said, if you're going to go do that, you need, to, uh, you need to wear my armor. Here's my armor. Here's my helmet. Here's my sword. Here's my breastplate. You know, gave him the whole, kitted him out, swagged out in Saul's armor. And just uh, as David stood there wearing these, he looked in the mirror and he realized, I can't, I can't do this. This is how Saul might 
be called to fight battles, but this is, this is not who God made me to be. I'm a shepherd. All I've ever known is hanging out with the sheep. And I don't know how to use a sword, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how to use a breastplate. And so he took them off one by one and said, I've, I've not ever tested these. And he picked up what he knew. What he knew was a slingshot. Now, what's interesting is, at a certain point in David's story, he could have sorely resented the slingshot. Because the slingshot is, is all he had to pass the time and to fight off wolves as he sat there doing a job that no one else in his household wanted to do. And it could have been easy for him to develop a mask. It could have been easy for him to want to be a clone of his brothers, who, by the way, were soldiers. And so if, if David was dealing with this mask, it would have been so easy the moment Saul gave him armor to jump at the chance to be a real, you know, uh, warrior. But he just knew this is who God made me to be. In point of fact, God wanted a shepherd to become the next king. And that's what qualified David to be a shepherd of all of God's people because he was such a, a faithful shepherd of the flock. He wanted, God did, the kind of a king who could say stuff like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But he never would have been able to write such poetry if he hadn't had those lonely nights by himself with the sheep. So it was taking up the slingshot and not the armor that qualified David to do the things that God called him to do. And here's my question to you. What has God uniquely built you to do? What has he packed inside of you? What are the gifts inside of you that for you trying to be like someone else, trying to act like someone else, trying to do business like someone else, trying to run your company like someone else or write songs like someone else that has caused you to miss out on the great things that God wants to do through you. God can't get his blessing on what you've covered up with a mask. So who you wish you were, that's not important. Who has he made you to be fearfully and wonderfully unique and precious and powerful and so important to God that he was willing to send his son Jesus to die for you to experience resurrection life? Here's what I know. I know that when you're willing to show me your face without a mask, it gives me courage and bravery to put down mine. So when you mask yourself off, you're masking yourself off from God's blessing. But here's the good news. The title of this message was Mask On, Mask Off. And I want you to remember that next time you're tempted to grab a mask, just remember, if I put this on, what I'm actually doing is masking myself off from God's best. But the good news is if you put the mask on, you can take the mask off. If you put the mask on, you can take the mask off. If you put the mask on, you can take the mask off. If you put the mask on, you can take the mask off. If you put the mask on, you can take the mask off. If you put the you might have been wearing your mask so long, you forgot what you look like underneath. Your face might be sweaty and it might be pale. But if you put the mask on, you, you can take the mask off. If you put the mask on, you can, if you put the mask on, you can take the mask off. And Jesus will give you the strength to be who he made you to be. What an incredible message. And thank you so much for joining us in this teaching from Fresh Life Church. If while you were watching this message, you felt led to make a decision to follow Christ, congratulations. We would love to send you a 21-day devotional through the book of John that Pastor Levi wrote. To receive that, text the word Fresh Life to 99000. You can also register your decision by clicking the No God button on our site. We would love to connect with you. If you've been impacted through what God is doing through Fresh Life Church, we would love to hear from you. 
Click the Share Your Story tab on our site or email us at story at freshlife.church and share how God is using this work to impact your life. These stories are incredibly encouraging to both our staff and our church family. Finally, if you'd like to partner with us financially and support the things that God is doing in and through this house, you can text the word FRESH to 45777. You can click the Give button at freshlife.church or you can give via the Fresh Life app. Thank you so much for watching.